Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight, we're going to begin a series on women of the Bible. Women of the Bible. Wow. And uh, tonight will be part one. And if, uh, if you hear some things that you have heard before, I had that experience today. I was studying today and writing and finalizing my notes and getting some things down. And I wrote something and I said, I have heard that before. Hmm, I've said that before. So I went on a journey to find out when I'd said it. It was 12 years ago this month. Now, 12 years and about two or three weeks ago, I said some things I'm going to say tonight. And you know when that happens to me? Many times uh, I will just shove it aside and say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that because people have heard that. Uh, you know, I've, I've been here, uh, gosh, I, I think this week is 34 years. And, uh, you know, I, I don't normally preach something twice because I figure you've heard it. But then God reminds me that, you know, uh, that uh, there are a lot of people here who, who weren't here 12 years ago who didn't get to hear it. And so if you are one of the ones that was here and that you got to hear something that I said, realize uh, it may not all be about you, but it may refresh something in you. There's a reason why we need to rehearse things over and over. It's so that they can get down in us and we can, we can you know, uh, get better at remembering what God has said to us. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, uh, I, I will not be remiss in bringing these things back to your remembrance. And so tonight, let's begin. We're going to be talking about women of the Bible uh, for the next uh, probably three or four Wednesday evenings, should the Lord allow, and all things continue as we expect. And, and uh, part one, we're going to begin, and, and we're, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tonight we're going to talk about the good. Okay? And we might just stay on the good a couple of weeks, but uh, then we're going to get to the bad, and we'll finally get to the ugly. All right? And uh, we spend so much time focusing on men in the Bible. Many of the Bible characters, in fact, a whole lot of them, uh, you know, all the heroes and the zeros were men. And we end up talking about them quite a lot and, and sharing with them. I mean, if you just read through, uh, you know, read through uh, the book of Hebrews and, and chapter 11, you'll find that a lot of the people mentioned in chapter 11, the faith heroes of the Bible, were men. And then it gets to a few women. And uh, it's, it's important to realize that since the dawn of mankind, women have exercised their God-given abilities to influence the course of history. Women influence the course of history. In fact, at every critical juncture, whether it is with, within a family, within family affairs, or even within a world at war, you will most often find a woman behind the scenes using her power of persuasion to affect the outcome. For so many generations, and even for millennia, Many women were relegated to working behind the scenes. It seems to, uh, in many places, in many cultures, be a man's world. But even in what you might call a man's world, yet if you look behind the scenes, you will find that there is a woman somewhere using powers of persuasion that God has given her to influence the outcome, even of world affairs. It's certain that women have more influence than do men. 
I'm, I'm convinced of this. Uh, and, 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 you know, who do you look at in TV commercials? The men or the women? I mean, who does Hollywood use to sell? Who does the world, the, the, the wisdom of this world, the people of this world, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, they, they are wiser than the children of light, the children of this world are. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you don't have to look very far to see truth. I mean, who do you believe when you hear a husband and a wife having a difference of opinion over some fact? Who do you really kind of lean on to believe? You know, uh, most of the time people think, you know, uh, she's, she's probably telling the truth. You know, it's kind of infuriating to us, you know, uh, dominant male types whenever we start to say something and we're corrected by, by, by some uh, female type and they change a little something that didn't make any difference to us, but it makes us look like we weren't telling the truth. And we, we, were, we were hitting the high points of this thing, but details seem to have made a little difference. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, now nobody's going to believe me kind of thing. You ever had that happen? You probably have. And uh, let me ask you, uh, who, who, do you um, who do you dress for? Who do you dress? Who, whose opinion, whose approval, whose acceptance, whose respect do you really want? Well, most of the time, uh, even women dress for women. Yeah? They want their approval. And their, you know, I mean, unless there happens to be some male type that you are really wanting to influence on purpose, and then you might dress in a way to influence them, but that may not be... Of getting the approval of the other women hello hey I'm saying some good stuff here it's all true you know I mean it may not sound like it's in church stuff but it actually is um, most likely uh, uh, many of the women that you might have run across in life that dress to influence men might dress in your opinion a little more provocatively and it's noticeable why because you're imagining she's trying to influence that guy. She's trying to influence. She's trying to persuade. She, and, and guess what? It's probably going to work. And that's what you're most upset about. Hello? Okay. Women know. They know what attracts men. While men have no idea what attracts a woman. That's, you know, women know what it takes to keep a man happy while men are often absolutely clueless. These are, these are realities. They're, this is not something that's been hidden, you know, from the generations. Um, men, for the most part, are, are very simple in comparison to the complex creatures that we have come to know as women. You know, men really don't even understand this, but, but uh, you know, normally, many times, when a woman walks into a room with other women, she sizes herself up to decide where she belongs in this particular hierarchy. You know, am I, am I number one, number two, number three, number four, and how does it change when somebody leaves the room? Did I just get promoted? Did I, or somebody enters the room, did I just get demoted? I mean, it's all kinds of stuff uh, that, that us guys, we just kind of walk into a room and just, hey, <laughs> nothing... Ever, I never imagine while I walk into a room that another guy is, you know, I just, I don't, I mean, hello, we're all just in here and we're all just as dumb as the other one and we're just kind of looking around and trying to find something to talk about. It's not a, it's not a competition. Life, you know, uh, 
it's, 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 it's very interesting. Women are complex. It's, and, and, and by the way, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm old enough to, to tell you this uh, with, with some confidence. It's impossible to win an argument with a woman. You may think you have won, but just wait. It's not over. She'll soften you up a little bit, come back around, and boom, hey. You know? These are God-given attributes. God is the one that made this woman. Now, he didn't make her to use her God-given gifts, nor did he make the man to use his God-given gifts for harm or for evil or for abuse or for misuse, for anything other than to help each other accomplish the will of God. And these are things we should champion, not things that we should disdain, not things that we should, should uh, you know, uh, um, dislike. These are things we should appreciate. These are things we should value. They're gifts of God. They can be used for harm. They can be used just like, you know, uh, I, I, I have some very uh, male-dominant characteristics that I can use to abuse that I can use for harm, I can use for evil, that I can use against other people. Uh, but God gave me these, and hopefully I will learn how valuable they are in relationships and in the world and in, 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 in the needs and the capacities. You know, uh, God has a plan for our lives. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very important to realize that we have all been given uh, some great gifts from God. Occasionally, I do a little consulting work, and, and sometime back, I was asked to help develop a marketing strategy uh, aimed at increasing sales of a certain project uh, to religious groups within the United States. And so... This was a foreign entity that had engaged me to do this. And at the center of my proposal to them uh, was one critical component of them getting, being able to reach uh, the religious groups that they wanted to reach and to influence them. Uh, and and uh, what they wanted to know uh, was, was how can we get our product, how can we sell our product to these religious groups. And uh, I, I, I told them that, you know, you will need uh, to, to get audience. You need to, and, and automatically they, they, uh, they went to, well, we need to talk to the CEOs. We need to talk to, the, and I said, no, this was my strategy. You do not need to talk to the CEOs. You need to talk to the CEO's secretaries. This was my whole strategy. I mean, I got paid for this. This is good stuff, okay? You need to talk to the CEO's secretaries or their personal assistants, which are presumably female. And if you can get, you probably can't get an appointment with the head guy. But if you'll stop trying to get that appointment and start trying to get an appointment with his secretary and, 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 and sell, if you can sell at that level, the person who actually helps them make their decisions actually decides probably who they meet with. If you can sell at that level, uh, you can probably make the sale. 
And uh, uh, where they often miss the mark is, is, is in knowing who actually uh, makes the decisions, who the decision maker relies on to make the decisions. The person is often, uh, who, who helps to make the decisions, is often much more accessible and willing to hear a good sales pitch. My strategy was basically influence the person whose influence will influence the person you want to influence. Influence the person whose influence will influence the person you want to influence. Come on now, you know, you, you can go to Harvard Business School and not get stuff like this. This is where the rubber meets the road. Influence the person whose influence will influence the person you want to influence. Persuade the person who can persuade the person you want to persuade. It's so much easier. Do you know how many times I do something just because Brenda asked me to? Go somewhere, do something, you know? Do you know uh, how many people I meet with that Tina asked me to meet with? Every one of them. Do you know? In fact, today I wanted to meet with someone. I gave her a call. She said, you can't. You're booked in that day. I said, okay. That was that. No reason those people calling me. <laughs> you know? uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't keep my own schedule. So, one more time. Uh, influence the person whose influence will influence the person you want to influence. Persuade the person who can persuade the person you want to persuade. And uh, this figures into our message tonight. And uh, the story of the Bible, and indeed, you know, the whole world would not be complete. As creation was not complete. Without the woman and her God-given gifts of persuasion. We so often focus on male characters in the Bible, as I said, and, and view them as either heroes or zeros. But tonight, we're going to begin this series, and as I said, it's entitled, Women of the Bible, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And uh, tonight, I'll give you a heads up, we're starting off with the good, all right? Uh, and by the way, we have nothing to prove here. And I realize I'm treading on the razor edge of, of aggravation here because I'm going to do a lot of generalizations, but even, you know, if, if, if you'll just lay down those walls, you'll recognize them as being true, okay? They don't have to be, um, um, you know, threatening. They don't have to make, you know, you feel insecure. We can embrace some God-given gifts. Then we can understand when they are being used by God for God's purposes and when they are being used, um, you know, not for God's purposes. We have nothing to prove, but we have a whole lot to understand as we survey the lives and the effects of several women during these next few weeks whom God chose to include in his story. And uh, we'll begin tonight by looking at the prototype for all womanhood. You all know her. Her name was Eve. Uh, and uh, you probably know the story from the last few verses of Genesis chapter 2. You probably, uh, you know, have heard the story. I'll recount it before we get to chapter, uh, uh, to, to our verse. And um, what happened in, in, in the last 
few verses of chapter 2, the last part of chapter 2, is that uh, God had caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And Adam was looking around for companionship. He was looking around for a helper. He was looking around for someone who was comparable to him. And uh, when there was none, the very first thing that God said is that it is not good that man should dwell alone. It's not good. It was the first thing that God saw and said that he had done that was not good. All the times before that, everything that God had did, he said he looked at it and it was very good. It was good. It was very good. Everything was good. Everything God did was good up to the point to where he said it is not good. And the one thing that he realized was not good was that man should not dwell alone. Man was lonely. And this story continues, as I said, that God caused a deep sleep to come on Adam and and he removed a rib from Adam's side and he created a woman and uh, you know by the way men are still unconscious as to how women are made okay they're still kind of you know uh, that's kind of still a mystery here and uh, anyway the story continues and when Adam saw this woman uh, he was hooked no hooker uh, (laughs) pun intended there but he was hooked Remember, uh, remember that song we learned as just, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see? You know, I love the truth of the Bible. I just love it. I love how it fits, in, and I, I don't normally preach these things in my congregation like this, but, but sometimes when I'm, you know, uh, you know uh, dealing with people who may be less churched, and less, uh, a, a, a little less, you know, sometimes they understand whenever I tell them some of the truths of the Bible that Adam fell in love with the first naked woman he saw. So, you don't want to go messing around. You know, hello, there's a real good argument against porn, by the way. Okay? People tend to fall in love with things that they look at all the time. Hello. Well, there are some good truths in the Bible. I know it's kind of shocking a little, you know. Don't turn that off. We get some good stuff coming, okay? Um, uh, <laughs> At any rate, Adam was smitten by this woman's beauty and by her charm. And uh, on top of all that, he was lonely. Uh, you got to watch yourself when you're lonely. Hello. These are some good things. I hope, I hope you're taking mental notes at least. I know it's a little embarrassing to write something down sometimes because people think, oh, my goodness, that, that, that really affected you, didn't it? Uh, but, you know, watch yourself when you're alone. Adam, Adam just desired to be one with her. In fact, his first words, Genesis 2, verse 23, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24, This is the reason that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now there was presumably some time between this introduction of God's gift to man and this woman that he created. 
There presumably was some time between that and Genesis chapter 3. We don't know how much time. We can't guess. I have heard sermons on this. I, I read a, a paper last year that a man wrote on how many years it was between uh, um, Adam being created and Eve being created and how many years it was between that point and the sin. He had it down to 33 years. When I got to the end of the paper and all of his arguments, which were just just uh, scriptures which could have confirmed anything. Uh, he said that he knew this because, number one, God had revealed it to him, but number two, that, that's how long Jesus lived on the earth. <laughs> da, 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 da. I read another paper that used some of those same arguments that that's how long it was between the time Adam was created and Eve was created because how, time, how long it was between the time Jesus came to earth and his bride was birthed to the church. I mean, do we have to have an answer? No. And that's always a good answer. I don't know. But there was presumably some time between the point to where Adam and Eve joined their lives together and were enjoying the, the Garden of Eden and they were pursuing the blessings of God. They were you know, uh, 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 working in the garden, keeping it and tilling it. That's what God gave them first to begin with, to guard and to tend the Garden of Eden. And so they were doing that. We get to chapter 3 and verse 1. And uh, the Bible says, now the serpent, talking about the devil, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Semantics here. Okay. God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know, uh, I call these conversations, these subtle conversations, where, where the devil or someone else who's trying to manipulate you or persuade you, where they drop in what I call golden coins of truth. That happens to be truth. God will later repeat this same thing. They have partaken and they've become as us, one of us, to know good and evil. These, these, these golden coins of truth do not prove a point. You can't just drop, you know, the devil tried to drop a scripture in on Jesus to try to prove a point. You should throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. Uh, listen, uh, those, these golden uh, coins of truth in an otherwise manipulative narrative mean nothing. Many times, people who are desiring to manipulate will drop in a truth here and there to support their argument. And that's exactly what this serpent did. And truth hits us in a different place. We, we, we sometimes find a difficult uh, uh, time arguing with truth because it hits us somewhere different. And when we hear the Word of God, it hits us somewhere different. But you cannot go outside of the Word of God to accomplish the will of God. And God's Word is not going to send you into sin. 
And it's not going to send you into disobeying half of his word, trying to keep the other half of his word. Hello. God is not schizophrenic. You know, he's not, uh, he, he, he means one thing. He has one intent, and he meant for them not to eat of the fruit of the... And God knew what he meant. He knew what he intended, lest you die. In that day, they would die spiritually. God is a spirit. He let them know that, the, and they, they, they did not, evidently, she was not really conscious of how much of a spiritual being she was. And uh, the serpent was talking to her about dying physically and naturally. So, you know, he, he even proved his point, which was not God's point. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Remember those powers of persuasion? You know, I wonder how many years, if there were years between Adam and Eve, you know, between his creation and hers, I don't know. But there was some time, I mean, he was out naming the animals, he was doing a number of things, you know. We, we, we know he was busy before God created Eve. Uh, so, so there was some, I wonder how many times the devil had gone to Adam and tried to get Adam to do this. And Adam had said, no, 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 no. And so what does the devil do? He tries to persuade somebody who can persuade the person he wants to persuade. He tries to influence the one who can influence the person he wants to influence. You know, this, is, this is, a, is, is, is a strategy that works. Uh, and we don't know how many times she had said no. We don't know how many times they both together had said no. But we do know that at this moment, we can draw some conclusions as to Eve's uh, um, 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 place here. She became the persuader of Adam. Eve, you know, was she good, was she bad, or was she just completely evil and ugly? You know, when I use the word ugly, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about some shallow Hal's perspective here of, uh, of physical appearance. I'm talking about uh, truly evil, truly wicked. There are some truly evil and wicked people in history who full well know what they are doing and know that they are causing destruction and and they had rather have what they want than have God's will. There are some truly evil and wicked people in the world. There are women who are intent on wickedness and having their way without any remorse. However, Eve was not one of those women. Eve was good. Eve was godly. And if we are not watchful, we can buy into some thought or some consideration that Eve represents all the evil and all that's wrong with with the world and all that's wrong with women. If we're not watchful, we can blame women or a woman for everything that's going on. That's what you know, Adam did. Adam blamed God and the woman. It was the woman you gave me. Well, God didn't buy that. He said to Eve, and Eve said it was the serpent. Well, you know. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. You know, like I said, Eve was not bad. Eve was tricked. 
But I fear, the Apostle Paul wrote, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You see, you're having the same battle that Eve had every day. You're having that same temptation that she faced every day. That somehow the devil could trick you and, 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 and by his craftiness, by his strategy, by him dropping golden coins of truth along the way, by him introducing ideas to you and offering suggestions. And, and by the way, you know he never asked Eve to eat of that fruit. Never one time did he ask her to sin. Interesting, huh? But he was manipulating her. He was, he, he was offering her suggestions to the point that his craftiness, his subtleness, his, 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 his uh, salesmanship brought her to a place. It tricked her. And that's what he's trying to do to us. He is doing his best to corrupt our minds from the simplicity which is in Christ. Just simply trust and obey. Just simply trust and obey. Well, no, I have a lot of reasons, and I have a lot. I mean, I mean, would God want me unhappy? Well, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and I'm not happy. I mean, I, you know how many times people have asked me, wouldn't God want me happy? I just want to get up and just slap him and say, no. That's not his biggest goal in life. And if you think you'll be happy... Go back and read Genesis chapter 3. Oh, I've done gone to meddling now, hadn't I? As I said, Eve was tricked. She was sold a bill of goods by the first slick ad campaign she saw. She believed the salesman. She believed he had her best interest at heart. Don't believe that uh, everybody you talk to has your best interest at heart. She heard a voice telling her what to do, and she based her decision on her moment. No doubt he caught her in a vulnerable moment because that's what it says about Jesus, that, that he tempted Jesus. And, and, and after he could not get Jesus to go for the temptation in the wilderness, he left Jesus, the Bible says, for a more opportune time. He was looking for a more vulnerable time in Jesus' life that he could come and tempt him again. The devil looks for our vulnerable moments to try to sell us a bill of goods, to drop a few golden coins of truth. And to make us believe that, that it's all about us. And our moment, if we're not watchful, can really ruin the rest of our life. Her husband, Adam, was right there with her. You know, uh, uh, it, she gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Uh, wh whether or not he heard what that sneaky snake said or not, and, uh, you know, uh, or, or whether he was watching you know, the turtle races. I don't know what was going on. But at any rate, uh, he didn't do anything. He just, you know, uh, 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 he was, you know, he was disconnected. Uh, but that's a subject for a later series, uh, men. Don't be disconnected. First uh, Timothy, the second chapter, verse 14. And Adam was not deceived. He was not deceived. That gives an indication that he knew what he was doing. That gives an indication that, 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 that uh, you know, he had really rather do what his wife said than do what God said. Boy, there's some power of persuasion. Do you know how many men are falling for that tonight? They'd rather do what some woman is encouraging them to do than what God wants them to? Hello? It's, it's the age-old original strategy of the devil. 
he was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Now, as I said earlier, Eve was not bad. She was not rebellious. Uh, she was tricked. She was deceived. She was influenced, if you will, by what she heard, what she saw, what she wanted, and subsequently, uh, uh, subsequently she exerted her influence over others. Eve was a good woman. She was a godly woman. Eve is the great-grandmother of you, me, and Jesus. You know, listen, Eve was the woman God chose. If you haven't taken a good look at Eve uh, in, in, in the Word, she was the perfect woman. And she was the woman almighty God created with his own hands, and he chose her to be the mother of all living. Eve, no doubt, is in heaven today. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe that, 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 that you know, uh, Eve and so many other ladies in the Bible uh, who, who made a mistake, who did something wrong. It's just that. They made a mistake. They did something wrong. Eve happens to be really uh, you know, big on our world scene because it was the first one and it caused. But you know, uh, many of you need to, need to thank Eve for making that mistake because if not, you'd be facing it today. How would you like to be the first person to ever sin? Well, if nobody had sinned before you, that's where you'd be today. Eve is a good woman, a godly woman, chosen by God, chosen to be the mother of all living. Uh, you know, uh, throughout history, and even today, perhaps even you, you know, maybe you underestimate your influence, your power of persuasion. Maybe you're underestimating how much other people are influencing you in your life. Especially, you know, those that are close to you. And you can influence them for God or for your own advantage or for something you want or see. Or, or, or maybe, you know, you're holding on to some, some uh, golden coin of truth that's not supporting the whole narrative that God has. You don't have to be bad and you don't have to be rebellious to be wrong. Uh, women have influence. But what influences a woman? What motivates a woman to be good? What motivates a woman to be bad? What mo motivates a woman to be truly ugly in the eyes of God? Well, the answers to those questions are clearly laid out in the Bible. But we've run out of time tonight. So I'll pick up right here next Wednesday. And uh, I hesitate to leave you without something that is life-changing and without something to take away. So let me give you three takeaways. Number one, a person does not have to be bad to be wrong. Quit thinking the wrong people are evil. You know, a person does not have to be bad. You know, they, they don't have to be evil to be wrong. Good people are wrong too. You know, uh, you know forgive Eve and forgive other people who have truly brought some difficult times to you. A person does not have to be bad. They don't have to be evil to be wrong. Number two, you can be God's perfect choice right in the middle of God's will and still be tempted by the devil to believe a lie. 
We need to realize we're all vulnerable. We can be absolutely like Eve was, perfect choice, right in the middle of God's will, which she was, and be tempted by the devil to believe a lie. Don't think you're impervious to the lies of the devil. And you can know, by the way, because, uh, number three, we should never go against the Word of God thinking we are accomplishing the will of God. The Word of God will not lead you into sin. And sin comes in many forms. Amen? Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.